right, good morning, my friend. Preacher John here in Trinidad, Colorado. This is Monday morning. Just lifted my banner. As you know, Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And if you're not born again, you're not saved, you're not sure if you're going to go to heaven when you die, uh, this would be the person you want to call upon. If you're wondering who to call next, if you're not saved, that person would be Jesus Christ. And you call upon him by believing in your heart and you pray. Oftentimes people think that receiving Jesus is some kind of work or some kind of payment or something that you have to do. Well, you do have to do something, that is you have to believe on the Lord. And uh, you do that by praying and uh, knowing in your heart the story about Jesus. And you take it all by faith. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, physical evidence of it, but uh, if, you're not, if you live here in Trinidad, uh, it'd be kind of hard to get back to where he was to see the physical evidence. But we have physical evidence here. By me just being here, I am a witness that Jesus Christ is real. This is Preacher John. So I'm going to, I just lifted my banner and uh, this is both sides here. God bless you. Believe on, that says right there, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, right across the street, there's where I did yesterday's sermon, Sunday. And uh, anyways, I just wanted to say hello. I'm going to put this down. I'll do my scripture short for the day. And then I'll put that away and then I'll do my uh, Monday street sermon. All right. See you in a few moments. Trinidad. Welcome to the channel. Welcome to the Lord Jesus Christ if you just got saved. And if you've been saved for a while, thank you for staying in the Lord Jesus Christ and not leaving the Lord, keeping His commandments, loving on the Lord Jesus Christ every day. It's really important to know that uh, you are loved by God, that God's not mad at you. Uh, let's say you received Christ a while ago and for some reason Satan got into your life and has deceived you and you've gone back into sin. God hates the sin. And he told uh, quite a few people, go and sin no more. And uh, he's really adamant about that. He doesn't condone the sin. He will not honor the sin. He will not bless the sin. He hates the sin. Uh, you, we all know what the wages and the payment and the reward of sin is. And that's death. And uh, you don't want to be there. You don't want to be there. It destroys your life. Sin destroys your life, little by little by little, and you don't even notice it after. In the beginning, you don't notice the sin. It just seems to be so gradual, so slow, that it, and it seems like it's fun, it's good to the flesh, it's nice to the eyes, it's good to your emotions, but the sin is capturing you little by little by little. And so be alert to the sin in your life. Yes, sir. Oh, baby. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> Be very alert. 
Keep your eyes open. Don't let your eyes be closed down. Don't fall asleep in the Lord. Don't uh, go back to bed, in other words. Go, what I mean by go back to bed is go back into your sin. Go back into the world. The world would love to take you. I mean, they, they're open arms. They would love to have you come back in, denounce Christ, denounce your teaching, denounce the Word of God, and just completely turn your back on God in every way, shape, or form. The world would love that. The Antichrist would love that. That, that would make him so happy. But we know who that is, right? I hope you know who that is. That's Satan. And he's here to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you have given us a way out, a way of salvation through your blood, through that, for the flesh, through that veil of your flesh that has been ripped from top to bottom, that we can enter into the Holy of Holies, washed clean by the blood of the Lamb of God. And I thank you, Lord, that all of our sins are washed away, that we are new creatures in Christ. We are new in Christ Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, because we love you. We determine and we purpose in our heart to accomplish our lives living for you, loving for you, and keeping all your commandments. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to help us to keep the commandments of Jesus in our life. Show us what we need to do, how to do it, and give us the power to do that and to go tell others about Jesus Christ. We love you, Jesus, and we give you all the glory, Father, for what you're doing in our lives even today. In your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me set this down. All right, commercial time. <laughs> commercial time. Uh, this is our true study book. I was doing that this morning over there at McDonald's. I had my breakfast and some coffee over there. And today in our class is number uh, 40, 41, Monday, October 23rd. And I was filling it all out, went through the Bible, went through the app, prayed in the spirit, sitting at McDonald's. How about that? People were wondering what I was doing. In fact, one lady behind me uh, quieted her. She was listening to something on her cell phone. She quieted it down. because She saw my Bible open. She saw everything going on at the table right in front of her. In fact, after a little while, when she recognized what I was doing, she uh, quietly got up and moved to the other side of the restaurant. Because <laughs> you know, uh, what she was listening to was kind of loud and very ungodly. She recognized that. So she's a lady who knows Jesus. She loves God, but also loves the world. How does that work? I tell you, that's, that's, that, that's a rough place to be in, to love the world, because she's all decked out in her Halloween costume, Halloween makeup, but she loves God. She recognized me right away, and she knows who Jesus Christ is. And, uh, but that's, that's how most people are. I told her what I was doing here in Trinidad, and she said, we need you here in Trinidad. And, uh, really a wonderful lady very kind very generous uh, very thoughtful but she's got a foot in the world and a foot in the kingdom of God but she doesn't know that she thinks everything's just fine you know and and that's the idea of this truth study book it opens people's eyes when you go through this and go through it day after day this is day day 41 for this class I mean, obviously, I didn't do the class today because I'm down here at Trinidad, but I still do my workbook just because I'm not doing the class. I still do this. If I never did another class, I'd just keep doing this book, and I'd go on to two, and then on to three, and on to four, and I'd go all the way down into eight. I'm doing this just like everybody else is. I'm not some kingpin that says, oh, I'm going to teach you what to do, but I'm not going to do it because I'm above that. That's stupid. I hate that. I'm just like everybody else. I'm just one of the team members all working together. We're all working together for one head boss, one team coach, Jesus Christ. We're not working for ourselves, man. 
Get, get that out of your mind. You, everyone thinks they're working for themselves, especially in America. God bless you, man. This independent attitude of uh, me, myself, and I type thing, you know, self-centeredness is rampant through the body of Christ because it came in the world and the church just opened it up. Oh yeah, we're, we need to be self-love. When Robert Schuller started, wrote that book and back in the 80s, uh, I think it was in the age, late 80s, could have been, uh, when was it? Yeah, probably late 80s, mid-80s, late 80s, Robert Schuller, you know, the drive-in theater there down in Southern California. He's all closed up now. That Crystal Cathedral is all closed. I mean, it's done something else. He holds whole ministry shut down because for 25 years he taught corruption. But everybody loved him, made a ton of money, millions and millions of dollars, but ended up in nothing, died, you know? And everybody taught that outside the body of Christ and in the body of Christ. We all taught self-love. We all taught all the principles that Robert Schuller taught. I got in that too. I mean, there's nothing I haven't done. I mean, it seemed like I've done everything, and that's one thing I did. I taught success classes for a while. As a believer, as a preacher, I was teaching success. How to have your life, how, you know, I was doing that back in the 80s, late 70s, early 80s. I didn't know. Nobody said this was wrong. I didn't know it was wrong. I was, we were using the Bible, but we were taking the Bible, twisting it around, kind of putting some Eastern mysticism in it, and twisting it here, twisting it there, and having some great big powerful men who have a lot of authority, have a lot of following, that sanctioned everything. And I thought, well, uh, you know, I guess it's okay. I didn't know, just like the lady in McDonald's. Doesn't know, because pastors don't teach the truth. And that's what this book's all about, to get you into the word of truth. That's why it's called truth study, not a Bible study. I don't want, to I don't want you to study a book. I want you to study the truth, because the truth will set you free, man. Lies won't set you free. Hurt. Not knowing the truth, she's captive. What, and I did all I could do. I'll try to do something tomorrow and the next day. I'll go there every morning while I'm here in Trinidad. But th there's only so much I can do because people love what they're doing. And people don't change because, of, uh, uh, because somebody told them to change. That's not gonna happen. They have to change from within. They have to desire that within them. But you can plant the seed you can plant the hope, you can plant all the things that God's given you to, in that person, and then you just pray, asking the Lord, Lord, open the door, open the way, let's do something. You know, maybe the Lord will open the way for me to pray for her tomorrow, or maybe on Wednesday, tomorrow's Tuesday, maybe on Wednesday, if she's still there, you know? I don't know, but I'm looking, I'm asking, Lord, open the door. I've tried several times, I probably talked to her four times during the hour I was there, but it's all about this studying the truth, logging your truth. And when you do this, it just, you know, little by little, not in one page. I mean, this book is full of logs that we need to fill out. It's a log book. It's kind of like a trucker's log book, <laughs> a preacher's log book. <laughs> That's really what this is. You know, I spent 40 years on the highway. It's a professional driver, started trucking when I was 23 years old. Couldn't get a job, so I bought my own rig. I mean, how many people don't do something because uh, the door got shut? Well, you know, go around, go figure something else out, get something done. If, you, if God told you to go do that, then go do that. You know, he gives you the power to go do that. Don't just because some, some devil tripped you and you fell down and hurt your nose. Oh, whoa, me, my nose got hurt. It's all bloody, I quit. That's how a lot of people are. It just makes me angry. Christians need to be warriors, 
not sissies. That's why I don't want to be a Christian, because all I saw Christians as is a bunch of sissies. I was a hard, pretty hard guy. At 16, I got thrown out of the house and joined an outlaw motorcycle club, Reno Ramblers, and I was pretty tough. I still had two years of high school, and I proved everybody wrong, because everybody said, oh, he'll, he'll quit school. I ain't going to quit school. I'm going to do what I'm going to I'm not going to listen to nobody, even at 16 years old. Kind of rebellious, I understand that. And uh, that's one of the challenges God has had in my life, trying to get that rebellion out of me. Because I had a mission. I, my mission, I started when I was about five years old, was to get out of my house. Five years old, I had a mission to get out of that house. I, it took me 11 years. But I didn't quit believing and quit trying to get out of that house. Because my mom and my dad were in witchcraft. My mother was, my dad wasn't. My mom was into witchcraft. My dad was an alcoholic. He was a wife beater and uh, just destroyed our house over and over and over. When I came home from Mountain Rose Elementary School there on California Avenue, where our house was, that yellow house of California and Arlington, I walked up the driveway, five years old. I think I just turned five because I started kindergarten when I was four and a half. And uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I think I was, I was five. And I walked up the driveway after kindergarten because there's only a few blocks away Mount Rose Elementary and uh, walked up the driveway and I saw box after box after box alongside the house uh, on, in the driveway there all busted up living room furniture all busted up stuff things that I played with and I remember stopping and looking at all this and I knew what happened I knew my dad came home from getting drunk all night long after being a bartender then goes and gets drunk all night long comes in tears up the house beats up my mom yeah that's what happens I live that way and by the time I was five years old, looking at all that stuff, I said, I got to get out of here. I remember that to this very day, 70 years old. I remember that so distinctly, so vividly in my mind that I'm, I got to get out of here. I remember saying, I got to get out of here. Five years old, five years old. What are you doing when you're five years old, right? Sucking your thumb? I don't know. I was ordering my life to get out of my house at five years old. And I tr told my brother, who is two years younger, my sister, who is six years younger, that you can't run away. They, you know, they tried to run away, and of course that doesn't work. Not with my family. You know, they beat them like crazy when they got home, when they went and captured them. I said, you can't run away. I told you you can't run away. You got to have them kick you out. That's the only way to get out of here. You got to have them kick you out, throw you out. And so when I was 16 years old, Dad came home one night, and uh, after drinking. And it was probably 11, 12 o'clock at night. I was babysitting because mom was running the bar. Dad was out getting drunk. He wasn't tending the bar. He was out getting drunk. And uh, came home after about three weeks of me flipping him off and getting mad at him and refusing to talk to him because I was a man. By 16, I was pretty big. I was like I'm now. I was, 100, I was more bigger then than I am now. I was six foot, 150 pounds. Now I'm 5'10 and a half and 131 pounds. I was bigger then in high school than I am now. Same kind of pants, 32, 32. <laughs> Same. And uh, he ordered me to get out of that house. And I said, I'm out of here. At 6 o'clock the next morning, May 3rd, May 3rd, 6 a.m., I was out of that house. And I was excited. That was a Saturday morning. That was a Friday night when he did that, Saturday morning. And my brother and my sister, it was probably, let me tell you this too. I didn't realize... I didn't realize this. I'm going to be really honest with you now. I hope you're hearing. hope nobody's clicked off yet because it's very serious what I'm saying right now. Oftentimes the Lord, and I want to cry. Oftentimes the Lord will place you into a family that you are the headmaster. You're the bullard. You're the anchor. You're the stronghold. You're the one who holds the family together. 
You might be only 10 years old, but you're the one that holds the family together. You might be 15 years old, but you're the one that holds the family together. But, you, but you're so self-centered, just like I was. I'm no different. I was self-centered. I was sick of my family. I wanted to get out of there. And looking back, it was the worst thing I could have done. It was the worst thing. Because after I was thrown out, my entire family completely disintegrated. All five of us went in five different directions, and I lost everything. I thought it was just me leaving. My mom divorced my dad. My brother went off his way. My sister got in all kinds of trouble and got all kinds of problems. My brother got into all kinds of troubles. I, I didn't get into trouble, but I went my way. And it was, we lost our house. We lost our property. We lost our everything. We lost all of our rabbits and chickens. We lost everything. But if I would have stayed, now you people say, oh, John, you don't know that. I know that. Look, I wouldn't be telling you that if I didn't know the answer. I wouldn't be lying to you. Why, why would I lie? I have nothing to, I mean, I'm out of here in a few more years. I'm gone. So I'm not trying to look good. I'm not trying to look good to anybody. I want to be looking good to my Savior, which is in heaven. Not to people. I could care less about the people other than their salvation. That's why I stay out here and I lay my life down for people. But I know that if I would have stayed, things would have been, would have held together. Things would have held together and we wouldn't have all kinds of, to this day, still suffering from that breakup when I was 16. My parents probably would have still divorced, but I would have been there and I would have kept the family together because I was very, very old, old for my age. When I was 16, a lot of people took me as 25, 26, 28 years old when I was 16 years old. I looked 10 to 15 years older. I acted 10 to 15 years older than my age because of my upbringing and my determination. That's what this book is all about. Because if I had been reading this book when I was 14, 15 years old, 16, going to a church that had something like this, I would have seen the truth. And I would have seen that, you know, it's better to give than to receive. It's more blessed to give my life to my family and then to receive my freedom, sort of, my so-called freedom. But I didn't understand that because we didn't go to a church with Catholics. When we did go to church, Catholic churches, Roman Catholic, they didn't. They taught in Latin. I didn't understand a word of any preacher said until I was much, much older in life. Probably until I went in the military. I think so, yeah, when I went in the military, I was 18 when I went in the military. That's the first time I heard somebody preach a message in English. First time, 18. Been going to church since I was two years old. Never heard a, 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 a sermon in my known language, English. It was always Latin. How horrible. That, that church is a wicked, wicked, horrible place. And if God has you saved and he has you there, you better be working like crazy with the armor of God on because Satan is after you. But if God doesn't want you there, then get out of that church. But you have to tax to God. Don't listen to me because I stayed in the Catholic Church till I was 25, being a witness, doing, you know, I didn't, God didn't tell me to leave. But that's the value of this book, the value of this book. So let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we can study the truth, the word of truth, the Bible, the word of God, the Holy Bible. Not some corrupt text out there that some man wrote and put a title on called Holy Bible. Some piece of garbage out there. I'm so sick of that. People love trash. They love wickedness. They love evil. That's disguised as the truth, but it's a lie. And I thank you, Lord, that you're helping me even now in Jesus' name. Yes, sir. Uh, no, not yet. I've seen a couple of people, but nobody with phone. Oh, my. 
Is that the blue one over there? I'll keep an eye on it. Oh, too bad. Yeah, even in Trinidad, you know, guy st somebody stole his phone. So uh, that's this here. Amen. I realize I'm hard and tough and forceful, and it doesn't appear that I do things with a soft, tender, loving, gentle, grace-filled heart. But let me tell you, just that my presence of being here should let you know that this man, this guy here, that's down in Trinidad right now, he must love God and he must love people because he's not getting paid to do this. The sun is supposed to be 80 degrees today. I had to take my undershirt off because it's so hot already, 10, 11 o'clock in the morning. And my leg is full of metal, it shattered my leg paralyzed my foot here a few years ago and my leg already this morning is, is numb my left foot it's already numb I can I can't even feel it it goes up to my ankle I'm wiggling it right now trying to keep it alive trying to keep it awake and I'm gonna be out here till dark till that Sun goes over the mountains I already purposed in my heart to do that because I was out here yesterday I did the sermon from right over there did the scripture short yesterday from that train that's over there I'm demonstrating and show you in my life in God. That's what I'm doing. I'm not just preaching. I'm not trying to create a following. I'm not trying to create somebody, how great I am. I'm, I wish I could just hide. But God asked me to do these three sermons. I didn't ask to do them. I didn't want to do them. I prayed for probably for a while after that. I said, Lord, are you sure you want me to do that? Let me set this down. The sign says, tribute to our veterans. That's why I kind of like standing here, because I'm a veteran. Got six years military, Vietnam veteran, and uh, Navy. And uh, there's a big old plaque over there to all the guys who died in Vietnam, or many of the guys who died in Vietnam that live in this region of Southern Colorado. And uh, I got six of my high school friends that died over there, didn't come home. And uh, I still have jungle rot on my right foot there. <laughs> the doctor says, that's just one of the perils of, uh, of Vietnam. So anyways, enough of that. I, I didn't have boots on the ground because I was on the board ship all the time. Anyway, that's another story. My mom got uh, six letters. <laughs> she used to hate getting those letters. Your son's being shipped to Vietnam. Uh, he might not come back, all that kind of stuff. Be alert, be aware, because war is still going on. And she uh, hated that. She didn't understand fighting for freedom. She didn't understand freedom. She didn't understand military. She didn't understand any of that. She didn't understand that I'm one of multitudes of people in America that have fought for our freedom. Fought for our freedom. Freedom's not free. A lot of people take all the freedom here in America for granted. They think it's no big deal. Freedom's just normal. It's not normal. Slavery is normal, not freedom. Slavery has always been the norm on the planet from the Garden of Eden because slavery is sin. And when Adam sinned, he brought slavery into the world. So blame him. <laughs> but guess what? We have a second Adam, son of man, Jesus Christ, who set us free, he set the captives free, the slaves free. That's what Jesus did, amen? All right.
hope this is coming in all right. Hope you're all right. <laughs> you're still here. <laughs> uh, praise God. So let's, so let's get in our Sunday prayer letter. It's a, and finding disciples, Acts 21, all week long, Acts 21. So yesterday, uh, on Sunday evening, around 5 o'clock or so, I, I preached on Acts 21, verses 1 through 4, and that title was, And Finding Disciples. Today is Monday, part 2 Monday, Acts 21, 5 through 6. Hang on a second. The wind's blowing, so it's going to blow my book away, so I had to anchor it down. I'm outside, as you always know. I have a great, great desire, and I often mention it on many of these sermons, my great desire and my prayer before the Lord is that other church pastors will join me for a while on the street, and they would preach a sermon. I've, had, I've, I've got one gentleman who is committed to do a sermon. He's a Lutheran pastor there in Boulder. I thought he was going to do it last month, but that didn't work out, so I'm hoping he'll do it next time I'm in that area. But it uh, hasn't happened yet. We'll see what happens. I'm, I've invited him to preach a sermon on my channel, Lutheran. He approached me. I didn't approach him. I don't approach any pastors. I, they have to approach me. And uh, because if they approach me, then I just have to believe that God drew them that way. Because that's a desire that got placed in my heart. One of my desires in my heart, I have huh, a list of them, that God put in there. Not my desires. I, I've emptied my life out of my own personal desires. I have no desire for this world. Zero. Zero, zero, zero. I know that might be hard to believe, but I can't think of one thing I want in this world. Let me think. Yeah. Not... Yeah, I just, you know, probably the only desire possibly is to quit and do nothing. <laughs> I'm somewhat lazy, so I have to kind of battle that. But that's not a desire. That's just a personal hang-up I have because I'm a lazy guy. So the only way to, for me to overcome laziness is to work hard. Work hard. That seems to short-circuit the uh, desire to be uh, lazy. And that's why sometimes when I take a day off, it turns into two or three days. And to say, I just take it one day. So that's why I try not to take any days off. That's why I preached on yesterday. Because I wanted to get started. I wanted to work. I'm here to work, not to just sit and do nothing. And uh, that's the one way to over... You can't pray laziness away. Most of the body of Christ is what I call lazy. Now that's a generic term. Uh, and a lot of it, to me, refers to the cares of the world. The cares of the world will produce laziness within you. How do you get rid of that? You go to work. You work. When I was going through my family breakup back in 94, my own personal family breakup, uh, my boss, my good friend who hired me, put me to work in a nice rig and put me in a nice rig. I mean, took, take her, took care of me for 27 years. He told me uh, when that happened in 94, he was one of two people who came alongside. All these friends, this whole big church, only two people came by me, my side, when I was going through the greatest tragedy of my life, still to this day, that's my greatest trauma, tragedy of my life, and only two out of hundreds and hundreds of people came around to help me. Not to help me help me, but just to be emotionally there for me, kind of hold me up as I was suffering. I was like the whole world was collapsing around me. And he told me, get to work. Don't let that idleness, don't just sit and do nothing. Get to work. It'll help you. And he did. He put me to work. He gave me extra runs, run out all the time. And for two years and two months, I worked my butt off. <laughs> and it was one of the greatest things I did. And because I was in the truck, 
I spent the whole two years in Psalm 23. That's hard to believe for us. So how, you can, how can you spend two years in six verses? Well, I did. You know, I mean, I obviously read other things, but that was my predominant focus every day, seven days a week for two years. And that's what set me free. The truth set me free. Because when that massive door, that big old barn door opened, Satan and all of his devils come flooding in. Because I lost the ministry. I had to step down for ministry in our church. I wasn't allowed to do that. I couldn't pray for anybody more. I couldn't preach. I couldn't do anything because of the marriage breakup for two years and two months. I still had my wedding ring. I didn't even take my wedding ring. I was believing for God that would restore my marriage. But, you know, I shouldn't, you know, it's another story. I don't want to go into a lot of detail there. What I'm just trying to say is, is uh, being lazy is not the answer. Even if you're bedridden, you're in a nursing home, you're, you're 85, 87 years old, you're watching this by chance. Let's say one of your grandchildren said, you know, I watched this preacher down here in Trinidad. He's really got a good message. Or whatever you want to say. You know, and she, you, know, you might be 85, 86, 87, maybe 88, maybe 89, maybe 91. <laughs> and you're listening to this. And you say, what can I do for you, God? I'm in the, I've been in this nursing home for 10 years. I'm basically bedridden. I can hardly move. I need help to go to the bathroom. I need help to eat. What can I do? There's a lot you can do, my friend. Number one, you can pray to God. Lord, what can I do for you today? Not tomorrow, because I don't, I don't know if I'll be here tomorrow. But I'm here right now. What can I do right now? And the moment he gives you a thought, the moment he gives you something in your heart then immediately do that because he'll give you something that you can do it could we don't know what it is but don't give an excuse like for example it just dropped in my heart it could be you're going to ask forgiveness of somebody yeah yeah and you can call the nurse in. you can push the button on the back of the bed there and the nurse will come in and you'll ask for uh some right could you have somebody who has some time that I can take a dictate a note. I need to write a note to one of my family members. And they'll bring them, they'll write your letter out for you and they'll mail it for you. I mean, that simple act like that could be what the Lord wants you to do today. Because forgiveness is so important, so vitally important to the life of a believer. You can't hold unforgiveness. And, and have a victorious life. It won't happen. It will not happen. And if you're not living a victorious life, that message is for you too. You have unforgiveness in your life. You have unresolved conflict in your history somewhere. You need to get it done. You need to get it solved. You need to be free of, free of things that you've done wrong. Could be their fault, could be your fault. Doesn't really matter. The problem was caused. And so take it, you take the first step. Don't wait for somebody else to come and forgive. You forgive them first by the power of God, okay? <clears throat> Another one of these advantages of these sermons is I'm not just speaking, I'm prophesying to you. That's, that's what these sermons are all about. It's not just preaching the Bible verse and some teaching. I'm prophesying to you. I'm giving you words of wisdom, words of knowledge. These are gifts from the Holy Ghost that when I minister, some of these nine gifts of the Holy Ghost come through me. And that's what the, I've had so many, since I've been doing these vid, YouTube videos, I've had probably a dozen or more, 
probably many more than that, say, that word was for me, John. That word for me. I had people have healed already. People have called and says, I have, you, when you prayed for healing, I, stood, I got healed. How about that? That only happened once. But once, is, that's the only time somebody kind of got back to me. It's amazing. So it, I'm just not preaching. That's why these sermons on, these, on this channel is so valuable. So valuable. So valuable. They have value. Amen? Remember, I'm not tooting my own. I mean, I'm nobody. Please understand that. I'm just serving Christ. And I'm accountable to Christ Jesus, my Savior. I'm not accountable to any person. And if I offend somebody, I ask forgiveness. I mean, I really do. I don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> God bless you, man. <laughs> 18-year-old girl. How's it going this year? Praise God. God bless you, man. <laughs> See, I want people to do that. I want to interact with them. I don't just ignore people. I know a lot of street preachers, just about every street preacher that I know, and I've watched dozens and dozens, they ignore everybody who waves or honks or stuff. They just keep doing the message. My job out here is to get people to interact with me because that's a part of my supplication. Every believer who acknowledges me in any way, Lord, I pray that that acknowledgement, that horn, that honking, that doing this to the is a point of contact to receive boldness to preach the gospel, to stand up and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. <laughs> God bless you. <laughs> Gotta wait for the Trinidad police too. And also a point of contact to receive power, to be a witness. Also a, a point of contact to receive whatever they need to do something for the kingdom of God rather than nothing. Because I pray, the Lord says, pray that I'll send laborers out in the harvest. That's what I'm doing. I'm getting all these believers. I'm looking for disciples. The, but the title is, and finding disciples. That's what I'm doing. I'm finding disciples, and I'm interceding for them, and I'm commanding them in the name of Jesus to go to work, right? To declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to be a witness in their life. Not to be a nobody, not to be a silent member in the body of Christ. God bless you, man. Right there also, you know. I have a very long supplication, a petition before the Lord that I pray out here for hours on end. I preach out here for an hour, and then I pray my supplication out loud. I pray for people. If they need healing, I lay hands on the sick. If they need a devil cast out, I cast devils out of them. I do the work of the ministry, and signs and wonders follow this ministry. Amen, right? Praise God. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. If you're not saved, man, if you got this far in the video, if you're just skipping around, you just happen to land right here, and you're not saved, my friend, why? I mean, why aren't you saved yet? You're here for a reason. Do you think God just led you here just to, for nothing, just to goof around, waste your time? Uh-uh, sorry, that's not why you're here. You're here. You're here to hear the Word of God and to call out to the Word of God, Jesus Christ. He, he's interceding right now. He's listening to all those who will call upon Him right now and pray, say, Jesus, save me. Yeah, I pray, Jesus, if you're real, here I am. And He heard that, and He looked in my heart and saw that I was, I, I was really wanting to believe that, and I was believing that. I was hoping with all my heart He was real. But I didn't know, I didn't know. But I knew in about two seconds <laughs> that he was real. And he set me free of cocaine addiction. 
He set me a fear of man. He set that uh, paranoia aside. For, he, he set me a whole new life for myself. That's from Jesus. And he can do that for you right now. Right now. Right now. You can pause the video and pray. Let's pray right now. Lord Jesus, I thank you for setting this person free. I thank you, Lord, that you're saving them right now. And Satan, I bind you from stealing, killing, destroying their soul. And I ask you, Lord, to save them now. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. Good message. God bless you, brother. Thank you, sir. Sometimes that's all you get is just a, you know, a fist bump. He read my sign. God bless you. You must be born again. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Read John 3, 1 through 21, plus Romans 10, 1 through 17, the KJV. That's on my sign laying on the floor right there, on the ground, right there, on the sidewalk. Amen? But understand this. Now, understand, I'm going to be here all day till evening. I'm going to be here tomorrow, Tuesday. I'm going to be here on Wednesday, and I'm going to be here Thursday morning. Then on Thursday, I'm going to go up there to the truck stop where the Greyhound bus picks up at 2 o'clock. And I'm going to preach up there. Bring around 12 to 2 up there, waiting for the bus. If it's late, doesn't matter to me because I'm out in the street preaching, ministering with my banner flying. And the bus comes around there and I get on the bus. Come back to, to Denver, pick up another coach, back to, to Boulder. All right? Hope you see the value. There's value in these things here. All right, so part two, Monday, Acts 21, 5 and 6. <laughs> 5 and 6. I was asking the Lord this morning, I wonder why I'm only going to do two verses today. Because <laughs> you're going to be talking too much. <laughs> you're going to be talking so much. All right. <laughs> Praise God. Now we got the police showing up. What's going to happen now? Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, I see. He's going to call. Oh, he's going to report that stolen that. I'm kind of, uh, you know, police show up. I've, I think, uh, what has it been, six times now the police have been called on me. And uh, I think the link last time was in Superior here a few weeks ago. And uh, so, you know, I'm a little nervous when they kind of cruise up real slow and they park right beside you. You kind of, kind of makes you feel kind of funny. God bless you, man. <laughs> That's a different gentleman. The, the lady who was here was a lady. This is a gentleman here. So, uh, I guess he's reporting the stolen cell phone from that uh, gray car. I'll say it looks like they're traveling too. Got to lock your car. There's thieves everywhere. Thieves are powered. Now, how's a thief powered? Is it because they don't know what they're doing? No, they're powered by a devil. Got the wind in my face or wind in the camera there. Sorry. I don't know what to do there. Kind of windy. You okay? <laughs> Don't go nowhere. <laughs> All right, verse 5. And when he had accomplished those days, we had accomplished. That's going to be the title of our sermon today. We had accomplished. I'm kind of checking my the wind will stop in just a second, I think. It blows this direction. One Here a couple of years ago, I had my banner flying, and every, uh, something came out of the wind and took my banner, took my mat, I was having that, and my cones, and my coat, everything, and threw it all the way across the street into the parking lot way over there. It was amazing. I mean, everything just picked up and went over there. And I flew about 10 feet, feet right about where the fire is. I was like, wow. The banner flew out of my hands and just flew all the way across the street and the cones and everything and just a little freight train of wind. 
I put everything together, came back and kept on preaching. <laughs> kept on preaching. <laughs> I say, oh, no wind's gonna kick me out of here. I still had a few more hours to go. <laughs> Praise God, right? And we had, we had accomplished, we had accomplished. You want to accomplish what God has asked you to do. Just like here, Paul and his, his crew here, that was, you know, and you can see that Paul isn't writing this. It was Luke that was writing this because Paul wasn't doing the writing. You know, it was the traveling companions of Paul that was writing this, and more specifically, it was Luke, the physician, that was writing this. Luke is a Gentile, and he was writing this. All right, Book of Acts. How do I know that? Because it says it. <laughs> I'm not some magical guy that, oh, I just know that. No, it just it says it. Uh, <laughs> the treatise, you know, anyways. He also wrote one of the Gospels. Good man of God. So the Gospels just aren't written by Hebrew people. It's written by Greeks. Gentiles. And when we had accomplished those days, when we're going to accomplish, I'm going to talk as I go through, when we accomplish the days that we're living in, when they're finished, accomplished means you completed it, you finished it, they're done. You don't go back into them and redo them, they're done. They're accomplished. It's like yesterday's video is accomplished, but I forgot to add because I was so utterly exhausted, uh, I totally spaced out putting any music in the intro and the outro. And I listened to it this morning going, oh, wow, I forgot to put music. And oh, well, I mean, that's, life goes on, you know. But I slept probably 10, 11 hours, 10 and a half hours last night, nonstop. I was like, I was so exhausted. The Lord said, I want you to rest. And this is the first night in months and probably two or three months, two months at least, since I started the class, that I didn't wake up all many times at 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock, waking up and then just staying awake from 4 o'clock on. Uh, I've been doing that every night, Monday through Friday with the class. I don't know why. But last night, I slept all the way through. <laughs> it's a brand new bed. Tom has a brand new bed for me to sleep in. <laughs> now I hope there's no snot in my mustache. <laughs> Ain't it great? Don't you love the Lord? Man, oh man, it's a great day. I love what I'm doing. This is my fourth year in Trinidad, and it just feels like I haven't left. It feels like just a couple days ago I was here. Maybe last weekend I was here. That's what it feels like. It's amazing. It's amazing. Many of the same people I see, I'm staying at the same home, i eating at the same place, having coffee at the same place, walking on the same streets, seeing the same people. The police who have been here for several years see me again. A lot of the ranchers still see me. People know who I am because, not because of I'm somebody special. Forget that. It's called faithfulness. And when he accomplished those days, we departed. You think about these, read the Word of God slower. Just don't read it like a novel. So, I mean, if you're just reading it, that's fine. But when you're working on study like when you're preaching and when you're working on building a sermon or you're working on uh, uh, studying it diligently and vigilantly in the Word of God uh, you want to go slow it's a legal document the King James is international English and it's written in such a way to be a legal uh, testament a legal document a legal will set ratified by the blood who of the person who died for this will Jesus Christ and uh, that's why it's difficult to read 
That's why some of the words are bigger. Some of the word, the phraseology and the way the sentence structures are, it's not normal. And remember also that uh, when it was written, remember also that uh, years ago, uh, many, <laughs> hundreds of years ago, uh, there was no chapters and there were no verse numbers. And there were also no periods or commas or colons or semicolons, none of that stuff either. It was just one long steady stream of talk. That's how it used to be. And then they, uh, I think it was the Geneva Bible. I might, I thought somebody said something. It might have been a different Bible. They put chapters in there, put verse numbers in there, kind of split it up. Then it was probably about, a, uh, see, this is in 1611, and uh, they had the chapters and the verses in there, but they didn't have a lot of the uh, correct spelling because of the English was still being built and uh, the printer was st still a new process, the individual lettered print, the block print, not the woodcut print, but the uh, individual uh, movable type uh, that I was trained in for three years. I used to be a printer and we worked with movable type. We'd, uh, we would sit, we'd have our, our hand tray and we would put the letters in there and you'd have to know where the uppercase and the lowercase, reason it says uppercase, lowercase, because a printer's table is filled with uppercase and lowercase, lowercase, uppercase. Maybe it's the other way around, I don't, can't remember. But it was uppercase, lowercase. That's what they're called that way. Not because they're capital, that's, that's a printer's terminology. Uppercase means it was the upper portion of the case of all the type. Lowercase means it was the lower part of the case, that type there. And we would set our type and we would write lots of stuff. I worked in a printer for three years. I've done a lot of things, man. <laughs> people don't believe me but I have I've had hundreds and hundreds of jobs I've done all kinds of things that's why I can relate to just about every single person on the street from the high rich wealthy mansion all the way down to the prison cell I can relate to every single one from the straight mom and mom and pop and mom apple pie and vanilla ice cream all the way down to the drug addiction and all the way from uh, worshiping Jesus Christ to down to worshiping Satan. I've done it all. <laughs> and the Lord says, use everything in your life for the ministry. Don't throw anything out. Don't forget anything. Use it all. Use it all. Use it all. I said, yes, sir. <laughs> so I use it all. <laughs> Amen. Verse 5, and we had accomplished those when, and when we had accomplished those days, we departed and went our way. Think about that. When these days are accomplished, we're going to depart and go our way. Right? That almost can be a prophetic word in a sense. I mean, you look at it. There's a living word. The first time I read that, <laughs> I like that. Because he wouldn't wave or anything. I like the fire flames. I used to be a Harley Davidson County. Had flames on my bike, ferrying and stuff. God bless you. And so uh, I wait. If somebody gnaws at me or picks their nose and picks their ears, and I think they're waving. I wave, and as long as they, they have to do it first. So I just don't wave to everybody that goes by. They have to honk, wave, or do stuff. They have to interact with me first because I'm already uh, doing something first by being out here and being like I am. So I wait for them to interact with me, and then I respond. But I don't respond first. I'm already responding first. And that's how I keep myself safe with police. And nobody can say, well, they all know what I do out here, especially in Boulder. They, they all know how I do this, every one of them, at least the ones who have been around for a while. When we accomplished those days, we departed and went our way. 
Can you see it? Can you see those few words there? When we ac accomplish these days, we, we uh, what does it say? When we accomplish those days, these days here, the season that we're in, we departed. We departed. We departed. Right? <laughs> departed. <laughs> I think that's great. They didn't die. They were they they were departed. They went into an ark, <laughs> a ship. <laughs> they went into an ark. We're gonna go into an ark, the ark of Jesus Christ. Departed. I mean, think about that. And went our way. What way are we following? What's our way? Our way is Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus Christ is in our ark, and we're gonna depart after these days. Isn't that cool? I just think that's fantastic. I've thought about this for probably an hour, hour and a half, just in these just these few words. I go, wow, isn't that kind of cool, Lord? I love that. I love that. Wow. When we accomplish these days, uh, uh, we'll depart and we'll be on our way. <laughs> you know? But you got to labor, you got to occupy until those days are accomplished. And you don't know when those days will be accomplished. You don't know the hour. You don't know the day. You don't know the year. You don't know the season. You don't know anything. That's why you, these people who are telling me what day, what hour is, is, are from, they're, they're speaking lies to you. And people are so enamored and captured. You see it on YouTube all over, especially during the health crisis. Oh, Jesus is coming back. He's coming back, but not today. Could be today, but I'm, so I'm ready. So you have to be ready. You can't just not be ready. So it's kind of reason I say it like this because, you know, being around the ministry as long as I have, I've seen many times, I think this is the health issue is number five that I was thinking about. Since I've been alive, since I've been a Christian, since I've been alive, let's say. Uh, uh, the, uh, I'm trying to wake my foot up. It's just, people have all kinds of excuses. Oh, my foot hurts. I, I got a headache. I can't go preach today. I got a headache. You know, I'm hungry. I can't preach now. Oh, I got to have lunch. Everyone's got an excuse why they can't minister. So sick of that. You're going to miss out, man. You're going to miss, 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 miss out. And you're going to, God's going to bring back to your member, Preacher John, in your face saying, get out there and get to work. Get out there and get to work. Come on, man. Go, go, go. Based on what the Lord, the Lord has for you, though. All right? You pray. You ask the Lord. You give it back to Him. Then He, you know, gets you ready. And then you go out. That's what I'm trying to talk about. You just don't listen to this and go. You don't do that. You, not moved by sight. I'm sight. If you're moved by what I'm saying, that's sight. You're not moved by sight. You're moved by faith. You don't walk by sight. You walk by faith. You live your life in faith. Listening to me and hearing me speak is not faith. That's the sight part. That's the physical part. You take this part and you go to God by faith. Faith pleases the Father. You spend time with God and then He does His thing and get you ready and send you on your way. Amen. Now, those are all problems with this guy's phone. You know, you think about the phone nowadays. That's what I'm recording this on my cell phone. It becomes a very valuable part. And as time goes on, can you see how the Antichrist could take the cellular mobile device that, that all of us live by now because you can't find a payphone anymore. I used to live on payphones. As a trucker, I, I lived on the payphones. I remember when the boss put a, a phone in our truck. I thought, wow, do I feel rich or what? I had a big old phone in my truck on the dash. 
I'd pick up and call the boss from the truck going down the road. I thought, man, that's the wildest thing in the world. You don't have to top that truck stop anymore. I'd call the boss from, and he would call me. <laughs> I thought, oh man, he's calling back and forth all the time. You gotta go here, go there, pick up this, do that, do this. <laughs> it was wonderful. We really, our efficiency skyrocketed. Anyways, uh, can you see how a cellular phone, like these people who are traveling, I mean, their banking information, their financial information, all their stuff could be on their phone, all their contacts, everything is on our phone nowadays. And we almost can't live without it. It's how the world is forcing us, little by little. And you can reject it, you can say, but I tell you, you can only reject it so long. So that's why you have to kind of be alert. You know, you have to be alert. You have to know, you have to know what Satan is doing. You just can't put a deaf eye, a deaf ear, a, a, a blind eye to Satan's kingdom. Jesus knew what Satan was doing. He was always fighting Satan and the people that worked for Satan. He just didn't turn his back on them. He was in their face constantly. It's like I am today. You don't think there's devils around here who are want to take me out? You bet there are. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. That was a, just over there. Where was that? Somewhere. I was walking someplace and I could I saw, yeah, it was down over there coming down the street on Third Avenue over there. I saw a potential where somebody could run me over. I was praying. I had to stop and begin to pray, bind the devil. Because I saw that there was a potential car this way. I could have been hit. And I said, Satan, I bind you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Get out of here. Get away from me. And right at the last minute, the guy kind of moved over. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for protecting me. And I prayed for another few more moments. I just said, thank you, Lord. Amen? Sorry about the wind here. Let me just keep going, finish this up here. And when he, we had accomplished those days, and we departed, went our way. And they all brought us on our way. They all brought us. They all kind of saw us on our way with wives and children till we were out of the city. They all came together. Isn't that wonderful? Finding disciples, spending seven days with disciples. You know, that's what I wish here. When I, when I go to all these cities, I'm, I'm, what I'm working towards is, uh, I'm working towards is having disciples in all these cities. And then we all come together when I come to town, kind of like. <laughs> that's what I'm, working towards you know but I don't I can't do it I Jesus has to Jesus says I will build my church Jesus speaking and the powers of hell will not prevail against it the gates of hell should not prevail so Jesus will put it all together I'm not worried I'm not concerned about that at all that's why he said are you willing to give 10 years 10 years are you willing to give 10 years yes sir but I've committed 10 years of my life this is number four here Wiped you until we were out of the city. And then we knelt down on the shore and prayed. We didn't go have a picnic. There's a, there's a big old church up on the hill here on 3rd Avenue. I walk by every morning and evening. And on the reader board, they're all shut down during COVID. They said, we, no church is allowed. We can't have anybody in this building, blah, blah, blah. Probably a pretty pretty busy church. It looks, you know, the lawn's taken care of. It's one of those old, 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 you know, back in the 1800s type churches that got built here. I don't know what kind of church it is. Oh, oh yeah, I do. It's a First Church of Christ, whatever that is. That could be a new name, too. <clears throat> looks kind of like a congregational church building way back in the 1800s, the congregational churches, denomination, which kind of disappeared. Anyways, on their reader board up front, 
They said, come August thir October 31st, we're gonna have a hallelujah night. A hallelujah night. That's what they said. We're gonna have a hallelujah night. I think that's what it says. I'll, maybe I'll take a picture to make sure that's what it said. And we'll have fun, we'll have food, we'll have music. Uh, bring your guest, blah, 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 on Halloween. And immediately, when the moment I saw that, the Lord said, you see that? And I wasn't paying attention. I was kind of walking, bent my head down. I was praying in the Spirit. You know, I pray in tongues when I walk. I'm not daydreaming when I walk. I'm praying in the Spirit. That's the beauty of being Holy Ghost filled. You can pray in tongues. You don't need to be concerned about what your brain is doing. God bless you, sir. He rolled his window down. That's why I had to say God bless you. <laughs> and uh, he said, look at that. I looked up and then I read it. He said, when you do an event, this is what he told me. When you do an event like that, on that day, you are still honoring that day. Even though you're trying to camouflage. God bless you, man. God bless you, sir. Even though you're camouflaging it in Hallelujah Night, you're still sanctioning, you're still validating that Halloween Satan's high day. You're just doing something a little different. And the Lord said, what you need to be doing is not totally ignore that, not have any event whatsoever on October 31st and be out preaching the gospel. That's what you need to be doing on Halloween. Not sanctioning it, but out on the streets with everybody out partying and doing what they're doing, preaching the gospel. That's why I'm praying about October 31st for myself. And uh, there's an event downtown Boulder and I'm kind of kicking that idea around taking my banner for several hours uh, with and just seeing what I, I don't know I'm not I'm not into that but uh, we'll see but I don't do anything during during uh, uh, I hope you understand what I just said when you change the event and make it available I mean uh, see that's what they do during Easter that's what they do during Christmas that's what they do during Halloween those three big events that are very satanic and started by Satan uh, using the cloak of church. And uh, that cloak is, uh, is, is uh, not always there. Like for me, people like me who are walking in the truth, we don't see that cloak. We see the cloak is removed, right? The cloak, the cloaking device. <laughs> for those that used to watch that years ago. <laughs> what was that? I don't know, whatever it was. But uh, that cloak, that invisible shield, that covering that covers them over, they can't see the truth. They can't see the lie, in other words. They can't see the lie. And uh, because they think, well, we'll just do something else and people come over here. No, that doesn't work that way. You have to ignore it. Anyways, that's another story. A lot of people don't get that. A lot of people don't believe me. That's fine. Just, just do whatever you got to do, man. I don't care. I got to tell you what I, it's on my heart. When the Lord shows me something, makes sense to me it's in the word I said okay that's what I'm gonna do Je Jesus did not celebrate the ungodly feast Paul didn't sanction the ungodly worship of idols <laughs> they didn't do that sorry you know we don't do it today even though people still do it verse 5 I'm gonna go down through this one more time and when we accomplished those days and we departed went our way they all brought us on our way with wives and children till we were out of the city and we knelt down on the shore and prayed. Kind of reminds me of the pilgrims. You know, pictures of the pilgrims that you see uh, that came into uh, uh, 
up in the northeast part, the Massachusetts area, Rhode Island, somewhere around there. Uh, when uh, the pilgrims landed, you know, they knelt on the shore, you know, pictures like that. I don't know if that was real or not because there's no pictures, but there are drawings of people kneeling on the shore and uh, saying, we made it. <laughs> no, they said, oh, God bless this land or something like that. Whatever they said, dedicating this to the Lord. Yeah. And pray. Verse 6. When we had taken our leave one of another, we took our ship. So they finally said goodbye when we got on board our ship. And they returned home again. They returned home again. So, isn't that wonderful? I have a bunch of verses here too I didn't preach on. But it's in relation to accomplish. It's Leviticus 22, 21. Dan 9, verse 2. And John 19, verse 28. Uh, those are three scriptures that relate to accomplish that I didn't get to. And it's okay. I'm not condemned. If my spirit condemns me not, I'm okay. Let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that we can accomplish what you have set us to do. We were to, uh, to do this street sermon out here, and we've accomplished it now. We're closing this season off, and we'll put everything away, and then we'll lift our banner. And we'll do the next part of our ministry out here. And then the next part and the next part. We have several parts that we do out here. And we thank you, Lord, that we are able to accomplish in these days uh, what you have us to do here in Trinidad on Monday. And I praise you, Lord, and I give you all the glory for what's going on in these people's lives as they're watched. And those who have received Christ, those who have needed healing, they have received healing. Just hearing me talk about healing, they believed on you, Lord and they have asked for healing, and you have touched them, you have healed them, and the devils that have been plaguing them are cast out, the blood of Jesus Christ has filled that spot, and the word of God is being filled there, and other people are coming around them to uh, uh, shore them up, get them, keep them strong in the Lord, and until uh, they're strong on their own. And we just commit all this to you, Father, and we just say thank you for making a way through your son, Jesus Christ. We give you all the glory, Father. Your heavenly angels, we pray. Amen. Amen. Have a great day. Bye.